Welcome, everybody. This is The Fall Line with Chaos and Company. And I want to reach out to our friends out there who are supporting the podcast. And that is Blizzard Technica. They've been with us now for three years here on the podcast and our main friends and sponsors and thank them a lot. And if you're out there looking for some gear, please help out and, and support them that they support us. And also Nick's Boot Fitting. Nick over at Mount Snow is... Uh, getting everybody's boots styled in. I know they're ramping up over there. Um, I saw something. I think they might be heading out west for their Technica thing. I'm not sure, though. Angela, we'll have to find that out. And then also Rollerblade. And Angela and I will see Miles this weekend. Um, he's doing a thing down in Pennsylvania, and this podcast will probably go out just after that. But we're going to see Miles pretty soon. We want to thank them for supporting us. And also, um, Angela and I got to push this year. We're hoping to up our subscriptions. So if you're liking the podcast on YouTube, please subscribe to YouTube. And then also on Spotify and our other podcast, you know, jump on there because um, you can uh, subscribe and know when stuff comes out right away. But thank you very much there. And then also as you're listening, which I'm, um, I think a lot of people are going to like today, Angelo. I think a lot of people are going to like this podcast. We have Kerry Reed, our new Eastern Region Director of Education and Programs. And she's here with us today to talk about a ton of stuff that I think probably a lot of people might know and a lot of people might not know. But um, thanks for being with us today, Carrie. Thanks for having me. I'm super grateful that you thought of me and super excited to be on the team. It's, uh, it's a different vantage point. Yeah, this is this is cool. This is, I mean, we, we chatted last week and the, the podcast is out there. Now people listen to it with Dave Schuling and we had Angela, you know, Angela's on every podcast because we do this together, but Angela, the new uh, education man, what is it? No, um, education manager of education programs or something. What? Give him the title. You had to look at your email. I know to remember it. <laughs> I don't have to look. I'm looking right at you. I don't even have to look at it. Ed, <laughs> education development manager. That's a word development. I always said education development manager. So, you know, congrats again. We're psyched that Angelo's doing that. And that's kind of his new role for this year with National. We've got Carrie Reed, new role here with Eastern. She's already been an examiner here in the East with us and many other places to scheme that we'll chat with through the whole podcast. But, um, I definitely want to start with the new job because there is tons of excitement out there. Uh, ever since we, um, the news went out that you were going to be the next and hired as the director of education programs for the future. A lot of people excited. Facebook blew up all social media. And I just, I, I think a lot of people probably curious, you know, what excited you? Like what excited when you saw the job opening, what did you go? Wow. That's, that's something I think I want to do. What was the excitement? Yeah, I mean, it, it came up a lot faster than I thought it would be possible. And I have huge respect for Don just to start this conversation off. He's been such an incredible team player here and teaching me so much stuff. Um, so yeah, I had, I had no idea that he was planning on, on making a change. And um, it's actually a job that I talked to other people about aspirationally. So when it came up, I just, I kind of lost my mind a little bit. <laughs> um, it's exciting for me to get to... Um, it, it feels a lot like being a ski school director, but for a really cool crew. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 really exciting to get to lead um, this team, and to and there's a lot of change going on too, which is another part of the excitement here. It's uh, it feels like we're at a bit of a pivotal moment for uh, the organization. 
it's it's kind of a neat transition too um you know and, and i think angelo may have some stuff to talk on this because you know angelo went into an education role and him and dave schuling are working close together and dave wasn't leaving angelo's working right underneath him and yeah. coming in with don you're the new director of education programs but don is still online and don's yeah. going to be there you know kathy brennan has decided our ceo here in the eastern region kept is keeping Don on wants Don to work through the season especially through the winter season that into the spring when I know as a past board member a lot of stuff goes on after the ski season getting ready for the board meeting and and how the season went and the budgets and all that stuff so how beneficial is it for you to have Don on and, and work as a team for an entire ski season our bulk of what we when we're putting events out there it's it's huge. It's it's totally a gift. It's a real opportunity to learn. Um, it's an opportunity for everything to keep running seamlessly while I pick up uh, my own knowledge that's necessary to to keep running with it. Because it's it's complex. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, I get to spend a little bit of time in member services too this year, which I. I I'm really excited about. So I get to talk to to members. I uh, I was on the phones for the pro jam registration, and so I got to chat with a few people, and it's cool. It's cool to connect. Um, and I don't know that that would have been possible otherwise. It's really nice to not just be thrown into the deep end that way, um, and get to take some projects on board as well that might not be happening this time of year typically, because uh, it's kind of like having two brains to do the one job. So yeah, it's, I'm immensely grateful for the opportunity to do it that way. Yeah. Cause, and this is kind of both of you, as I was saying, this question, next one is, um, thinking about the things you don't know everybody thinks okay these are the things i got to do with a new job and you're thinking through and then you get the job and you start in day to day as you did here in september because you were kind of what one day a week i think through the later part of the summer when you were first hired yeah. and in september you were on and angelo come on came on about the same time what what was it like to have some of the things come up that you didn't expect and is that i imagine that's been pretty beneficial i know you've probably chatted with dave shuling angelo if something came up and and carrie with Don. But um, Carrie, first, you know, have things come up already? Like I hadn't even thought of that as being part of this job. Oh, completely. I think you know the biggest gap for me is I'm I'm clearly very involved in the alpine world, but I have so much to learn about the other disciplines. Um, you know, it's it's just it's a whole other world for each one of them, and so there's there's a lot to learn there. Um, you know, I know some of the staff just from having worked together, but there's still plenty of people that I don't know. And it's just, it's, it's incredibly valuable to be able to touch base with someone and just be like, Hey, I noticed this thing. Like, can you fill me in instead of having to kind of piece it together on my own? Yeah. And you've seen some of us in different roles of uh, some of our, our uh, committees and uh, things here in the East on, on calls and probably seen some passion yeah. and some different sides <laughs> of some of us. <laughs> It's great. It's great. I honestly, I've had several individual conversations as well, kind of filling in the blanks after these these committee meetings that I'm getting a feel for. And um, it's it's awesome to get to see everyone's different opinions and, and watch it all come together. And, you know, what's, what's the point of a committee if we don't have different opinions? There would be no point. So it's it's a cool thing to watch come to life. Yeah. And, and with you, Angela, I mean, it's got to be some stuff along the same lines with uh, the disciplines. You get your one team sweatshirt on that you designed for us here. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole, I don't even know where to start answering that question because everything that's happened in the past four months for me has been completely unexpected. Like, you know, aspirationally, I think Carrie and I were on the same 
track because I always viewed the Eastern director of education job as something that someday I would like to do, you know? Um, and there, and our, the background with Carrie and me goes back farther. It gets really interesting because I made dev team with Carrie's husband, Pete around 2013. And then ended up Carrie and I got elevated to examiner together. So there's that personal history where you compete against each other, you root each other on. Carrie and I in the background all through up up until ETS and beyond where we would text privately and, and encourage each other. And how's your training going? What are you working on? And and then all of a sudden, like from my vantage point, um, it was, I guess it was June. I think it was June of this summer. I learned about the national job come up. It may have been July. It might have been really early July. And as I started to interview for that job, I learned about the Eastern director of education job. And so like, I was personally, I was like, oh man, these are two <laughs> things I want, you know? And, and yeah, and that, I'm really, really stoked the way it played out though, because I have a ton of respect for Carrie. I think we work great together. Um, I was, I had been chairing the Eastern education committee and and handed that off to Carrie, but but it was so collaborative. Like we've collaborated more in the past probably month and a half than we have in the past 10 years. So yeah. I don't even know if that answers your question, but it, it everything's been <laughs> unexpected and everything's been really cool. And you start to realize just like how excellent the people are around you, but how small of a world it is too, you know. Yeah, it's, well, it's just been neat. I've been kind of in the mix chatting with both of you as you both went through this process behind the scenes in terms of just phone and text and stuff. And uh, it's been fun to to see the thought process. And and that kind of goes to my next question, um, because I, I I haven't worked, you know, day to day um, with you at a resort or in a job. It's always been with Carrie, um, you know, as she was coming up through the development team and then coming up on the ETS squad or examiner training squad and then becoming an examiner. So it's always been that colleague. And, you know, we do an event here and there and you might have an event. I uh, have a group. I've got a group, but it's not that all day. But I definitely have a feeling that you plan things out. It's not like you like to go in and wing it. I mean, if, when things happen, you can adjust absolutely. But there's definitely a, a plan mode and, and, a, and a looking at how you're moving forward and, and what you're going to do. So I'm just curious as um, when you started to accept this job, can you talk to us a little bit about the plan of attack after you accepted the job? Um, you know, and, and I mean more like in what did you want to find out? Because I, I really see you as a learner. I was like, I know she's probably going, I got to find this out. I got to find this out. I've got to do this. I want to know about this. I know these things, you know, kind of the questions that that you might want to be asking of Don or or Kathy or um, just your plan of attack. Yeah, there, there are so many lists, Dave. <laughs> <The> list <laughs> I, I figured. Growing. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think that's that's been kind of the, the funniest experience for me is I'm already a list writer and then I get into this job and I obviously am filling in the blanks to figure out what I don't know and that I need to know. Um, so, you know, the list grows much faster than I'm ticking the boxes, mm. which is, you know, both uh, stimulating and nerve wracking. Um, so it's, it's, it's been really uh, a challenge even to my organized brain. So, uh, which I'm, I'm grateful for though. It's good to not yeah. be bored. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a plan of attack. I think, you know, asking, asking questions, I kind of already alluded to the fact that learning about other disciplines was a major on that list. Uh, it still is. 
definitely can't claim that in you know the couple of months I've been in, that's been demystified. It's still a lot of questions there. Um, talking to people has been a huge priority. So I've tried to make as many individual calls as I can to coaches and coordinators and, and key people in our organization. And that's been incredibly clarifying. So that's that's been big on the list. Um, and then just getting acquainted with our current offering, I think especially, you know, the, the assessments are pretty straightforward, um, especially as you go through the examiner pathway. Um, and what might be less so is our educational offering. And that's something I see as a huge opportunity for us. Yeah. And, and here we go into the fun stuff that Angela loves. I was trying to lead into the next question, which you know is coming. It, it was, um, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit around our learning connection model that that I knew you were a planner in terms of, of really focusing on what are the things I have to do? Am I prepared? What things am I missing? You know, and there's pieces of that learning connection mode that that we look at, you know, setting short-term goals, long-term goals, you know, and, and thinking of yourself and that you're learning. And I know you're coaching yourself and, and learning. And so adapting to the changing needs of the learner and, and how much, you know, you, I was curious if you had even thought about that connection before you, I asked you that, but does it, in your mind, does that fit in? And is, is there some parts there with the learning connection model that can help people as they get better at those things of coaching can help themselves self-coach themselves? Because Angela, I've talked about a lot with the people on the podcast, you know, self-coaching and, and trying to be lifelong learners. Yeah, I think um, that, that question definitely threw my brain into <laughs> a full matrix. Um, and I think, you know, what I tried to do was kind of break it into the different uh, skill sets of technical teaching and people because I thought that that might be an interesting exercise. And yeah, of course, I had not done that. So <laughs> it, was, it was interesting to do. Um, but I think from, from a technical perspective, I'm thinking more along the lines of like systems and databases and all of the, you know, backend admin bits and pieces that you need to learn about the job. Um, and while, you know, my two direct staff members who are in charge of most of that, like, I, I need to know how it all. So that's, that's been a big part of the learning from a teaching perspective, which I thought was an interesting vantage point because I didn't feel like that applied quite as directly. But, um, I think from, from, I took the perspective of I've got staff that I need to lead that need to learn about things themselves. So I'm still in that teaching mode. They might have bits and pieces that they're learning about. We have systems that we're just transitioning into. And it just so happens that I've worked with them in other worlds. And so I'm able to kind of impart some of that knowledge there, which like, it's nice to know that I'm not just in learning mode that other people are too. <laughs> yeah. um, and then obviously the people perspective, I think is it's a straightforward answer, right? It's like, there's so many people to know. And I'm definitely someone who prides himself on knowing their team. Um, so getting the chance to get to know people. And like I said, some of those individual calls, um, it really, really hits that home. And I'm so looking forward to, training and program and all those big events where we get to all be in person. Mr. Angelo, man, I learned from you every day we chat. So absolutely. You got to chime in on this one. Well, yeah, I, I, I think the, the learning connection is, is directly applicable to the question because exactly for the reasons Carrie said, and you know, there are the, the technical bits of a job, which I, I think are probably there's sort of a low hanging fruit, but they're so vital, you know, like, um, to Carrie's point, I had to learn on the national level where our, where our shared drive is and how to log into a shared drive that people in Colorado and California are also using, you know, like there's that piece of it. 
and and obviously we teach. We're an educational organization at, at all levels. Um, but with the people skills thing, and th- this is probably just a function of getting older. Um, you know, and I, I've had a I had a career. I, I had a professional career over two years that I retired from early retirement. But but you know that's essentially a career. And what that experience taught me coming into this role is, um, first of all, we we have a similarity schedule wise to the public to to any school system that we we run on a we run on a calendar that's very different from you know this month to the next month what we do can be very different so i was i i gave myself permission to take a year to figure out the job it's like i want to see an entire cycle you know and just so happens this year right after national academy we have a national team tryout so i'm i'm going to see quite a bit in this 12 month period up until next july but in terms of the people skills my approach with that was like going into the interviews and going into the job itself, I want to be very aware of what my deficits are with, with like, what are my quirks and my personality? Cause, and that's the part that, you know, I say getting older as you get older, I think you get more realistic about what you're good at and where you, where you need help or where you need to be careful, you know? And I, I'm, I'm trying very hard to do that because I, I, I think I'm good at some things. I also know I have some deficits. And so as I look ahead on Sunday to the week ahead, I'm, I'm, I look for those possible pitfalls and, and how, you know, try to plan a little bit how I'm going to work them out. Well, it's interesting because what you're saying there, Angelo, you know, and, and you had a whole year, so I'm going to look at this whole year. I remember Chris Erickson, when he took over the the certification chairman position from from Pete, and, you know, I had his ear and I'm like, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need, you know, <laughs> typical staff member going, I'm going to get Chris's ear. We need to do this, 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 this. He's like, whoa, back up. <laughs> you know, we, we need to think about it. He said, I have a plan, but there's a lot of things I need to see still, you know, taking over from Pete. I need to see how certain things flow, how things go. And, um, yeah, he was, he was definitely put the brakes on it. And I think it was kind of, a, I've heard that from you guys and other people. And it was, I think it's for something for a lot of people to look at that sometimes going in two gangbusters with stuff can be tough. You got to really have, uh, things in a row in terms of a plan of, um, okay, what are the things I got to learn? What things can I do? You know, Angela, you were looking at strengths and weaknesses. I think that's huge. I mean, as people, even going into their certification exams with the next level or a new job, what are the things, you know, when they do their lists, you know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How do I work on those? And what's the plan of attack versus just, ah, I'm just going to do it this year. Um, it's kind of cool. And, and, you know, that, that's the interesting thing is about Carrie. Carrie hasn't done it in just one place. I mean, you've, you've been a ski teacher in a couple other places here other than the U.S. of A. Um, and things started in Canada because you're from Canada, born, raised in Canada. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. And, um, so can you talk to us a little bit since it started in Canada? You know, what was it, what was it like teaching in Canada and, and your certification journey there? Cause you went, pretty well up the ladder, if not all the way there in Canada, as far as I understand, right? Yeah, it's a little bit different, right? So I think um, it, to compare apples to apples, I, I couldn't call it all the way, but um, but but far enough to have a good grasp of it for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, teaching there, I was, I was a teenager, so I was one of those 
silly kids out there who thought they knew something about skiing. <laughs> and I learned, I learned over the years that I had a lot that I needed to school. Um, it was, it was incredible. I worked for a really small resort. So it's, I'm sure much the same as here. You often get thrust into responsibilities that you're not necessarily ready for, but they need you for. So, you know, baptism of fire all the way. <laughs> uh, and I was super fortunate because I was surrounded by some really talented instructors um, and a lot of people that encouraged me to keep pursuing different certifications, different opportunities. Um, and, you know, one of those was with a GAP program. It's called Skila GAP at Trombol. Um, And my, my boyfriend at the time, because that's how that happens, right? <laughs> um, he, he kind of wrote me into that world. And uh, I got to see with level fours on a regular basis. And that was just, that was what I needed. That's what I think most people need to be able to excel is to keep keep getting out there with people that are way better than you. That's what That's what pushed me for sure. I was super inspired by that crew. Um, and it, it, you know, was kind of the opening of my mind to like, maybe this could be a career because I think when I started definitely wasn't the mindset. Well, that's cool. And, and it went beyond that. It went to Japan, which I've dreamed mm -hmm. of. I mean, I don't know if people know, I, I know a lot of people in the ski world know Japan has a lot of powder. Um, yeah. your, your, your best friend and husband there, Mr. Noam always tells me about it because he yeah. was there too, but, um, that has a lot of, and then you had New Zealand, um, down in New Zealand. And I, th I think I saw a photo of you with, um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but I'm pretty sure he was on the current team that just went to Interski. Um, Jack, um, oh, Jamie Jack. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and so, yeah. and that was in New Zealand, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah so, so uh, Jamie and I had actually met at Skila Gap, if you can believe it. So we're kind of like, and I think that's like, to me, when people ask me about New Zealand, that's the crux of the experience is it's a melting pot for people across the globe. Uh, it, like an experience you will never have anywhere else. As I'm sure most people in this industry know, if you're going to Southern Hemisphere, then options are just so much more limited. So there's more people vying for the opportunity to be there, which means the talent level shoots through the roof. And so the people that are there are really dedicated, really passionate, really talented. Um, and you, you just keep bumping into people everywhere. So, you know, the crew that I would bump into down in New Zealand when I popped up to Japan, I was like, oh, hey, you're here too. Um, so the path just like it gets the world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, and, and that, I just thought of that. I just want to finish it. I just thought of that because of um, you saying skiing with people better than you. I mean, he's on the national team for 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 Canada. Just did you pop my mind? Go ahead, Angela. Harry, do you remember when I called you after inner ski, Dave? I was I was I left I left Levy yep. little plane yep. down to Helsinki, flying from Helsinki to London, and the guy in front of me had on a CSIA national team uniform. We made eye contact and kind of and introduced ourselves and it was jamie yeah. and he said where are you from i said eastern u.s he said oh do you know carrie reed <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the world it keeps carrie shrinking and man it keeps shrinking it, it is it's cool it's it's yeah. I, I mean that's you know people ask you know what my what do we pay now i don't know 141 bucks or whatever for our dues and it's like 
I don't even think which my wife pays it. Thing I don't even see the the bill comes in. She pays it out. But um, nice. I mean, for me, it's like those kind of experiences. Though I mean, Angelo comes back from interski and chatting about stuff, and I don't know how many people I was texting with and and doing different stuff there in interski when you everyone was over there. But then National Academy or we're at like you were mentioning uh, Pro Jam and Masters Academy. I mean, that is amazing. That's the one time that we see like probably Mike Hafer will be out. Hafer comes out a bunch of times. Um, you know. Michael will be here, Michael Rogan. Um, I mean, who? Uh, just a ton. Uh, who, who else usually comes there? Angela and Blanken at the moment. You know, Troy will be there in our Eastern crew, Matt and Jeb. And and they're all, a lot of them in one place that you get that chat with and some team members you, you don't see. Um, I got to room last year with uh, Ben Potts, um, team member, um, which was pretty cool. Um, they were off doing their team stuff a lot of time, but it was good the time we got to chat and hang out a little bit. Um, so yeah, those are the things that, that, and, and that's what I want to know about, like, how did it even happen? How did it start from Canada? How did you get connected to go to Japan and New Zealand and which one happened first and um, which they couldn't happen? I don't think at the exact same time. <laughs> no, no, pretty close though. Um, it was, it was back to back winters there for five years, kind of all around the same, the same time frame. But, um, New Zealand was a seed that was planted in my brain by some of those people at Simply Gap that had been down there. Um, so I don't know that I could say that I had a direct connection. Um, other than being told like, Hey, this is really cool and you should do that. And so I did that. Um, yeah. And I think getting, getting certified was a, was a really big part in making that possible. So I, I get the question all the time about people that are like, Hey, I want to go Southern hemisphere. I want to go have these experiences abroad and, you know, point blank, I will always tell them you should get certified. You need that. Um, cause again, you're competing with some really real talent out there. Um, so I, that was the impetus for getting my Canadian three and, and, and setting that up. But I think that was my key to the door in there. Um, so like I said, without connections, you really need to make that resume shine. Um, and then, uh, New Zealand and to Japan is kind of a funny story because, uh, originally the intent was to come back to the States. So I'd had a season here and I was on that HGB program that kind of disintegrated. I meant that my last year was kind of everyone's last year in the East, at least on that kind of visa. And uh, so we needed a new place to go. Uh, <laughs> so we had a couple of people that were like, you could try Korea, you could try Dubai, you could try Japan. I was like, oh, Japan sounds cool. Uh, so that's, that's how we ended up there. We were introduced to a director of a school up there and uh, same sort of thing, right? If you've, got, if you've got the experience, if you've got the certification, it's your foot in the door to those opportunities. And it was just... A mind-blowing experience of culture and snow and people and couldn't couldn't treat it for the world it totally shaped who i am today that's cool and that's what i want to get into is like how much of that you know knowledge of the world and some other associations how a little bit about how those associations run um in those countries for their ski instructors and snowboard instructors how much of that can you draw in and and have you already or are you thinking of some of the things along those lines and i think just having a bigger picture of skiing in the world i, mean, I know angelo came back super excited i think every time we talk something comes up about interski when angelo and i are chatting even since the spring so you know will you be able to draw on that information and knowledge base and, and in what ways I think so. I think for me, it's maybe more of a, a broad perspective. So I feel like it's it's baked into my DNA that there's more than one way to do things, right? I've watched people from as many associations as you can think of do the job. 
So while I might not, you know, be certified or know exactly about their certification system, I know what the product looks like from each one. Um, and you know what? At the end of the day, everyone's learning, everyone's skiing, everyone's sliding, um, which is really cool. So it tells me, you know, we can think outside the box. Um, I think the other perspective for me that's maybe a little bit different is most of the systems I've seen or most of the, the places I've, I've worked in, the expectation, the baseline expectation is you're certified to do the job. And that's very different here in the States. Um, so it, it's it's just a, it's a perspective that I think shapes how I move forward with what our educational opportunities are, what kind of buy-in I want to provide to our members about what, what our value is, um, because I just have such a strong feeling that it is about yeah and how much do you think um because i know already that you'd like to reach out to people you've been doing that within our organization trying to figure things mm -hmm. out see where everybody is um you know will there be times you think or have you already maybe thought about reaching out to i mean you've got quite a few friends and and people colleagues you've known in these other associations and i guarantee have stayed in contact at different times with um as as angela goes hey do you know carrie reed you know jamie jackson so you know that i think would be a pretty big asset to be able to if you want to like hey you know i was thinking of this i'm gonna call so and so because they did this in new zealand or a program like this i want to see how what the pros and cons were yeah i mean jamie's ears are going to be burning at this point but we've, we've already chatted um <laughs> it's, it's public knowledge at this point but um csa uh and uh, a, a group of people are kind of uh opening up a different that's not csa that's mm -hmm. opening up a different opportunity clearly but different people from that organization are looking to create something new uh, which is incredibly exciting to watch because that, you know, how often does that happen? Uh, it's the first time I've seen it in my career. So uh, I've definitely been calling whoever will let me pick their brains about what's going on. And uh, I think that's, that's certainly informing uh, just my, my overall picture of, of what's possible. But um, yeah, I think to be able to draw on those people is huge. I, I, I think the biggest thing in my approach to, to this job is that I don't hold all the answers. Um, I can't hold all the answers. I don't want to, because we're so much stronger if we're drawing on each other's strengths. And so if I can pull that in from other associations as well, like what a, what a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask this, like, do you have someone that's been like your biggest mentor is there someone even you still continue to because because it's interesting because you've you've mentioned and as uh, at different times in different situations that um you know the encouragement that you've received and, and that you think that was so huge um which i think we all need that and um you know that's yeah. some of the stuff with our diversity stuff that it's come out in some of the reports and studies you know especially on the women's side that you know their encouragement and the reaching out and trying to elevate those people to try new things or to, to consider themselves for certain jobs um can you speak a little bit about like do you have has it been a bunch of different like mentors is there one you kind of really have and, and that's kept for a long time and then just the encouragement piece that's meant so much to you it, it's a ton of different people and i'm going to be very careful about naming names here because it's so big that i would forget someone and i don't want to do that <laughs> i'm looking at some of them right now um you know i think 
the invitation in is so important. I know that, uh, especially from a female perspective, it's hard, I think, to see the value in what you have to bring to the table, especially in a male dominated industry. And to have someone tell you, hey, you, you've got it. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go do this. It's it's incredibly important. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think what I can say specifically to the Eastern Ed staff is, you know, having, again, having seen things abroad and elsewhere, I have never seen a staff so welcoming to new people. And at least that's my experience. But I felt accepted with open arms. I had so many people just continuously along the way, high-fiving me, encouraging me. I had several people call me and say, you really should try out for the Eastern team. I, I didn't expect that at all. And I was blown away by people's kindness. Yeah. And, and Angela, you've been big on this. I mean, we've talked about this for multiple seasons, especially even off the podcast of, of how we can help people, you know, be encouraged, you know, help our diversity through everyone being welcomed. Um, you know, so I'm just going to go ahead, man, if you have anything to say on this. Well, I, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I think it's really healthy to remind yourself of your shortcomings, you know, and, and not let it not do it in such a way that you're coming down on yourself, but remind yourself, like Carrie said, that you don't have all the answers. Nobody expects you to have all the answers. And, you know, certainly, we've all, we've all had disagreements with people. And I would venture a guess that none, none of those disagreements ever were 100% on this person and 0% on this person. So it's super easy to blame. And we, I think it's healthy to, to remind ourselves that, um, you know, we're not the end all be all. And it helps me, I, I hope it helps me keep my, my mind open. Somebody's going to come up um, and, and, and w- with an idea, a comment that just flips your whole worldview right on its ear. And, you know, if you're open-minded to that stuff, I think that that's really super healthy, but it allows them for diversity and it, and it, uh, it sort of validates, it, it validates people's opinions before they even put them out there. If you, if you, if you accept the fact that you don't have all the answers and you accept the fact that other people might, it just creates a more open-minded atmosphere, I think. And, and, and this organization, our organization, I feel is, is very much like that. And, and, you know, I haven't worked for a ton of organizations, but I've worked for a handful, but I agree with Carrie. Like this is a, this is an exceedingly welcoming and, and open-minded group, you know, yeah. and there's yeah. plenty of work to be done. So everybody <laughs> get on board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the encouragement part is a big thing that, you know, it was interesting. Ann Sherling came on. We, I wanted to have her on right after I watched her keynote at, at Interski and it was just killer. I think I was texting Angelo barely before it had finished or just after it. And Angelo's like, what are we? You know, it's like, I'm trying to do something at Interski and I'm bothering Um, cause it was amazing. Um, and you know, she talked about on the podcast and, and she would have never thought of taking her grad work and and applying in as you do for interski to do a keynote and she was encouraged i know that jeb was one i think she mentioned i think she also mentioned dave Schuling and and michael rogan that there was people going you need to put this in you need to do this and and uh, the impact that that has had already i think and the impact it'll have this fall 
Um, I'm, I imagine she's probably going to be in almost every region of the country for PSA Aussie. Um, she's doing, I think there's a national snow sports management one that she's going to do that at, and she's going to do it at the East. Um, is there other places she's going, Angela or Carrie, that you know? I haven't seen her schedule. No, I, I but, would, I would imagine she's going to be most places this year. Yeah, Matt. And I, and I, and I just, I just, yeah. And I just wanted to emphasize that because I know you've mentioned that, that, you know, you need that kind of encouragement and not you personally, but I mean, everybody does it, you know, we need to support and help and lift. And when you see somebody that has some talent, you know, encourage that talent. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times you don't almost see it in yourself. I think, you know, all of us, all of us don't see it in ourselves and we need to be able to see that sometimes and have someone go, no, no, you are pretty good at that. Um, it's kind of unbelievable is, to think that someone who's on the national platform already still has that feeling, right? Really tell yeah. us what that looks like for everyone else. It, it was huge for her I, and that she continues to say that because I think it it really, you know, validates people's feelings and they go, okay, it's not just me. You know, this is a real thing and I need to to deal with that in a good way. And when somebody says something, go for it. Go ahead, Angela. I, I think about this quite a bit when, when, you know, we've talked on the podcast with people about like, how do you recognize talent on your staff? You know, and it, it's, it's, yeah, I'm just going to throw this as an example with, that young person who's always there and asks really great questions like that. Yeah. That's we, we, we latch onto that. But I think sometimes we have a tendency to ignore what I call red flags. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but just these little things that we tend to ignore. And one of them is when we have an interest in something, you know, like, Oh, I'm interested in that, but then we don't pursue it. We might say to ourselves, like, well, I, I can't do it for these 10 reasons, you know what I mean? But we're interested in it because it appeals to us on some level. And, and that that is the kind of red flag I'm talking about. And, the, and another kind is when you do get encouragement from somebody, because like I, I encourage certain people to do certain things, but I don't encourage everybody to do everything. So when I recognize some, I, I recognize some characteristic of somebody and, and I say, oh, this would be a good fit over here. And I say, hey, Dave, you ought to tr check out this task force or whatever. I think you could contribute. I don't say that to everybody I see, right. you know, and I feel, but I feel like sometimes when people encourage us, when it's coming our way, we might have a tendency to like blow it off a little bit, but they're saying it for a reason. And I think those are the little moments we let slip by us, you know. So we we give them and, and we receive them, and, and it's important to act on. Them. You never know where they're going to lead. I mean, look at look at us. Look at Carrie and me. Yeah. I mean, Dave. It's awesome. At me. We, I mean, case in point, Dave called me after a an e learning task force. How long was it? Four years ago, almost. And yeah. he's like, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this podcast," and I'm like. Did all the good people say no? No, you're the only one I asked, like, brother. That moment <laughs> when he asked me that, I can pretty much draw a straight line from my job I have now with National to the moment Dave asked me to participate on this podcast with him. And if yeah. I hadn't said yes, I don't think I'd be where I am now. That's a great example. Great example. I think, Angelo, you you actually, you were the one who encouraged me to put together that e-learning that's now live on the national site. And I think at, originally at its inception, it was meant to be just like a quick webinar in the East and it turned into a whole full-blown course. And I never would have thought that I was the appropriate person to do that. 
So yeah. it's just, yeah, it's a little things. And, and seeing where you are now, if I didn't ask this question with a first timer on the podcast, Lil Pearson up, up near the Balsams now teaching at Bretton Woods, but used to teach the Balsams and I've known Lil for quite a while. She wants to know, like a lot of our listeners. I mean, this is the one question that people go, I love that question is, is, when was your first experience on snow? You know, how old were you? What was it? Was it in a, sc- a school program? Was it with your family, rec department? Do you even remember it? That's a really good question. It's funny because I've gotten it a few times now. And I I am very fortunate to say that I don't remember because that's how long it's been. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely learned with my family. Um, my parents were skiers. My grandparents were skiers. Um and its first experiences were definitely like backyard on a dead end road, um, real little. But I have two younger brothers, and uh, we definitely had to wait until everyone was ready to get on real slopes. So it was a lot of like backwoods <laughs> cross country skiing and sliding around on whatever gear we had around. So uh, definitely a scrappy beginning. That's cool. Yeah. It, well, I don't remember mine either. They tell me about mine, but it's so funny. All the different places that people started, like a lot of the national team members and uh, where they started and Hafer starting. My God, Hafer was in, I'm going to kind of push it. He was almost 30 now. He was younger than that. But I mean, Hafer, you know, he talks about that starting late and it's like, my God, what an athlete. Um, but it, it's cool. Awesome. To, really? Yeah. You know, and, and Michael just going up with his brother and friends and stuff to, to learn how to ski and well, I think I think Robin went Robin Barnes I think what did she go with a with a junior high or some school group or something um it was it's kind of funny to hear all the different stories because a lot of people think oh my god they must have learned before they're every single person before they're even born especially to get to the national team and then hearing how many come from small little mountains yeah so and and a really cool thing that I enjoy I I, I love to watch skiing um, I think probably all three of us do. We, we definitely enjoy doing it, but we definitely love watching good skiing and, and, and absolutely a thousand percent true right now. And when, when you, when I see you skiing, it, it definitely makes me smile, man. You can bend a pair of skis and rip. And if, if a lot of our membership probably haven't seen you ski, um, cause you haven't skied with everybody, but those that have know what I'm talking about. And, and you definitely enjoy coming down the hill. I remember, I can't remember. I think it was a training. It was one of our fall trainings or staff trainings. You were coming down on cascade at Killington. And, and I don't know if you remember this, but you came ripping down and just skied up. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I was definitely smiling and said something with probably a couple of F-bombs that like, man, that was unbelievable. That was super good because I knew what I was going to do when I went. I knew in my mind what I wanted to do when I went back up there. But I mean, um, it, and the coolest thing, though, is like watching other people's faces when they see you come down and rip and, and, you know, that's cool to see. Cause um, when you can do that, you know, there's, there's people on, you know, our national team members can do that. You know, not everybody can, can make people smile when they ski. And so, I mean, how much, you know, tell us a little bit about just skiing, like for you and, and how much fun it is to come down and just rip. Cause you're enjoying it. I know the smile when you finish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks. I'm just like dying over here right now. <laughs> um, I, you know, skiing, I'm going to like 
my parents will be laughing if I really listen to this, but I, I didn't love it as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was always about the people. And I think when I, when I got really comfortable and kind of stopped taking things so seriously, that's, that's when it turns on, right? It's like, pick the fun line, not the line that's going to make you look best. And it's where the learning happens for one. It's also, I don't know, when you get the yeehaw out of the ski, um, yeah. that's, that's what makes me smile. Yeah. Cause it, you know, and I, and I know it's been out there, you know, everyone wants to see someone like them, someone that looks like me. So women want to see women ski. And I know I ski yeah. with a, yeah. a group of almost all women at pro gym, great group crew down from Liberty and all over some other places too. Um, and you know, I watched not just the guys, man. I remember when I was coming up through the ranks and, and I could, you know, murmur Blakesley was, well, she was a national team member at the time when I first came into dev team and my God, can she rip? And then, um, you know, Lisa Siegel, um, was another one. She was, am she's amazing on a pair of skis. Um, we watch our coach, Sue Kramer can, can absolutely smoke a hill. And, you know, we know about our, the women on our national team just ripping it up. Um, you know, and if they haven't seen that, they need to, you know, and, and I'm then so will we see Carrie at a few events out of the office <laughs> um, to come ski with the crew? Yeah, definitely. No doubt. Um, I, um, you know, there's only so much office a person can take. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, definitely planning on getting out there. I know that. Um, you know, we've got a lot of member school days too, which is really awesome that we have that many schools that are involved. And I think those are, those are, I think what I'm going to be looking at, um, just to be able to connect with, with schools on that level. And, um, it's an opportunity, I think. Uh, but also, yeah, I think having that visual, someone who is like you is so important, especially in a place where we do not have great representation. <clears throat> excuse me um and that's not just you know for women but for the whole of diversity you know yeah. we've got we've got some work to do there and having those examples and making them shine it's just it's incredibly important to give those people a voice and a platform to to show what's possible yeah because you you you've spoken to me a little bit um just when we've been kind of chatting about wasn't anything official and and you're not on a big drive of like hey i just need to get more women and you you're you spoke with me thinking about i need to get everybody in i don't want i want way more women i want way more young people i want i mean you listed off you know different different things and and like everything um you know and, and i think that kind of ties back to welcoming everybody it's not about one group or whatever i mean it'd be great to have a ton more white guys come in too but not just white guys we need yeah. it's being welcoming to everybody and, yeah. and i thought that was it was just really neat your thought process on you know i'm not just thinking of one group i mean we have to think of the different groups and what helps make them more welcome but yeah. i don't know if you have a few things you wanted to say on that because I, I was just it was just eye-opening me of how you had thought about it, that it wasn't just this one group or that group. It's super important. It's, it's vital to the existence of our industry. And then even more specifically and much more niche, our, our world of instruction, right? That's it's an even smaller piece of the puzzle. And I think Angela hit the nail on the head, right? We need to be open to new ideas. We need to be open to new faces. Um, and, that, and that means kind of really being able to take a critical look at what we are currently doing. And does it leave space for that? Is there space for new voices? Is there space for new ideas? 
And I think when you get really good at what you do, you start to get more and more entrenched. And so, you know, I think even, even the opportunity to have new, right? So Kathy Brennan is really new to her role as CEO. I'm clearly very brand new to this role. Uh, these are opportunities for that door to be wide open right now. And so if you're out there, <laughs> you've got ideas and you want to help me create visibility, please give me a call. I would love to talk more about it. It's another one of those pieces where I, I, I can't have the answers because I, do, I don't represent everybody. can't represent every culture. I can't represent every gender that people identify by. It's, it's really important to let those voices in. Yeah. And probably the coolest thing, the coolest thing that's been happening is that you and Peter went from family of two to a family of three, now to a family of four. And I remember chatting with you real quickly, you know, when the Eastern team triad was finishing, because I hadn't seen you in a while. And and you were still a family of three carrying the fourth. And I asked her, are you ready? She said, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to. <laughs> I felt like a family of five at that point, just so you know. <laughs> you know, but you, you were like, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of, we're getting ready to go. Okay, I, we've got to figure out family of four. We had just mm-hmm. kind of figured the family of three, now it's four. You know, how's that going in the new job? And, and I bet a ton of people would like to know because it's got to be a juggling act. It's got to be figuring it out as you go. And and poor old Peter's got a good thing he's good at the cooking. I would not be <laughs> good at that, but he's good at the cooking. All co- of us, frankly, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not bad in the kitchen, but I so appreciate that part of him. Uh, it's, I, won't, I won't lie, man. The shift is completely wild. If you think you know what life with kids is going to be like, Turns out you don't, you have no idea until it happens. Um, You know, I think for me, the biggest shift has been starting to think about, so I I feel strongly that my progress in my career has been down to just saying yes. You say yes to everything. Somebody gives you an opportunity. You don't turn it down. Uh, I have to start to think a lot more critically about what I'm saying yes to now. So it's, it's, you know, it's not a no, it's a yes and... I'm going to be able to do it if these are the conditions or it's a yes. And I may be only able to carry this piece of it and we need to bring in other people to carry it too. Um, so that, that, you know, wide open. Yes. is narrowed a little bit, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it's a yes nonetheless. Um, so yeah, we're just prioritizing super differently. Um, and you know, it's, it's incredibly cool that our, you know, Peter and, and my careers get to evolve at the same time and for us to kind of think about how we're supporting each other um, instead of stepping on each other's toes along the way. And, you know, where are you specializing? Where am I specializing? Like what do we bring to this organization um, as individuals as part of how we're looking at this plan as well. Yeah. And, and um, this is a question just for you physically, because I hadn't really, you know, being a dumb old white guy, you know, it, you know, the, the thing was, it's not like just, hey, she has a baby, slaps the skis back on and back on the hill. Mm-hmm. You know, how has the physical part been? That That's it's curiosity now because it's like you must have to think about it. Did you notice it as much as some other women have said? You know, it took quite a bit to get myself back into where I wanted to be to get on snow. Yeah, it's it's big. It's way bigger than I think I had even prepared for. Um, I'm so so grateful for physical therapy um, and that that I had you know healthy lifestyle and habits before before it all went down because uh, it's it's a job to put yourself back together. You know, uh, 
just to be like more specific, you know, your whole core gets completely mm. shifted and like, what is skiing without a solid core? It's just, it's, it's non-existent. So, you know, putting that back together was really important. It continues to be important. I'm, you know, I'm six months out from my last delivery and uh, it's, it's a, it's a true rehab. I think you need to think of it a little bit like any sort of injury you might experience, right? If you bust your knee or you get an ACL surgery, you've got a plan. And so it's, it's similar in that respect. Um, And it's incredibly humbling. It was incredibly humbling to ski pregnant. Uh, and I, <laughs> I think the perspective it gave me is, this is going to sound silly, but like, you know, I, I totally took for granted just being fit and not having to think about that part. Totally took for granted that like, if I told my body to do something, it would do it. And then here you are with your totally different center of mass and you're making this turn and you're like, that's, that's not it. <laughs> that's not what that's supposed to look like. Um, so just a huge appreciation, I think, for being in that learning zone again, that beginner zone. Well, I, I remember calling you last fall and um, saying, Hey, I want you to come help me out. I need some, I need you to be a trainer at development team training and category A training. And you were like, yes, I want to. We need to talk though. <laughs> yep, you need to, need to know what's up, man. <laughs> and you were like, well, I'm not going to want to do the hop turns and I'm not going to want to do, you know, you had a couple things and I'm like, oh, okay, what's yeah. up? And I'm thinking at first, you know, when you tweak the knee, you're like, no, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think it was, I loved it. I thought it was pretty cool. The response from the team in terms of you were early in the pregnancy, but everyone knew. And um, I'm like, you can figure out whatever tasks you want to do. We don't have to do those you don't want. But it was, it was, I think it was awesome to have that happen because it really opened things up for, for the whole team to see. Not just a mom, which you already had Milo, but you had another one coming and you were carrying it right then. I thought that was pretty cool. I think they, the perception I got was cool. I thought it was a good thing. Well, I, I hope I hope they felt like they got what they needed out of it because I can definitely mm. say that I did. I was really, really thrilled to ski with that crew. Um, you know, our, our up-and-comers, they're, they're the future. And uh, it's a privilege to be able to, to help them on their journey. Um, and, uh, you know... Selfishly, I wanted to ski the pants off of people still. You know, I've got a little bit of ego here. <laughs> so it was a challenge to myself. It's like, okay, you're gonna say yes to this because it means you gotta gotta keep your game up. Um so it was it was definitely a good a good notch there in my list of, of accomplishments. That's awesome. So so I have the dream list. Um, yeah. and, and, and I, I absolutely not hold you to anything, you know, you Kathy Brennan, if she listens to this, she's like, Oh my God, we're not, we can't do no. that yet. This is the dream list. Like, I mean, like yeah. thinking about like, if you could do this and, and maybe we don't have the answers yet to how to do it. And maybe there's a couple things that you thought of that are maybe lower on that list that are easier to get to, but in time. Do you have some thoughts on what your dream list is as the director of education programs? It'd be really cool if we could move towards these things. Yeah, I've got I've got some more achievable dreams, I think, and others that are, you know, definitely a little bit loftier. I think um something that I've actually already started to to chip away at is, you know, and we're we're coming off of the heels of this conversation about about motherhood and parenthood in general is, you know. One of the things I've found the most challenging since I've had kids is finding that childcare when I'm in this like one-off event situation. It's incredibly difficult. Um, and more and more resorts are, are limiting what childcare options they have. And it just makes it 
impossible, frankly. And so it's it's a big goal of mine to create some inroads with resorts to be able to help provide that to our staff first and foremost. Um, you know, creating a partnership where they they help us to make that a priority so that our our parents on the team are still able to contribute to the best of their ability because they have so much to offer to and they shouldn't be limited by that one thing. So that's that's a goal for me for sure. Um, you know, still on the like achievable side, you know, one of my goals coming into this job was to look at how people could learn laterally more. So, you know, I often hear people say like, I'm just a level one, I'm just a level two. And my brain goes, that's awesome. Like, don't, don't discredit that and not, you know, our level three wouldn't be the standard that it is if it wasn't difficult. And so that by definition means it's not everyone that's going to get it and that's okay. And, but what that does mean is you want people to still have these opportunities to learn within those certification levels. So, you know, what, what other accreditations can we offer? What other specific, you know, pins, check marks can we offer within those levels that allow people to keep growing without feeling like, you know, I've hit my ceiling. Sky's the limit no matter what level you're at. So that's super important to me. Um, you know, dream, I would I would love for everyone who's an active instructor to have at least a level one. Like that to me, you know, we kind of talked about that earlier is yeah. something that I just, I've come to expect elsewhere. And so uh, if we could have people value it on that level, have schools value it on that level, have resorts look at it that way, I think we would be on track or something, right? Yeah, cool. Um, and then maybe a little bit more silly, but uh, along kind of the same lines as those international connections. But um, and I know that Kathy's kind of already in this frame of mind, but like some sort of Pan American East Coast summit uh, where we're able to share with our, our people across. Like we're so close, it would yep. be a stretch to be able to get us together and, and learn from each other's. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of the part of the list. I could, uh, I could go on, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Angela and I were pushing for that one last year, weren't we, Angela? That's just because we wanted to go to Canada. So we want to be high on that list to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. That, rem yeah. that reminded me, I think we need to tell Nick, we need Blaylock, we need to be on that trip to the West. Is <sighs> quality assurance for our sponsorship. Like, yeah, <laughs> just to check just out the boots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Protect ourselves. Yeah, that would be cool. Get out there and see the new stuff they're working on. Man, I, I do love seeing that stuff. Well, Carrie, this has been awesome, but I, I do have to ask, mm -hmm. what was the best snow what has been your best day on snow all time? Where and when? And why? That's so hard. Um <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I have many, but um I can share that I, I had a day out in Japan. And it's anyone who's been out there can tell you, oh, yeah, that happens often enough. But I think, you know, besides the fact that the weather was incredibly perfect and the snow was unlike anything you've ever seen before, you know, it's the food there is so great. So not only did we ski all day in these ridiculous conditions that just kept giving, you would like ski a trail and have a fresh track and come back an hour later, it was all fresh again. And you're like, how, how is this possible? <laughs> it was like the dream scenario. But we also had amazing food and, uh, you know, Japan's also a place where like apri ski is a totally different deal. So, you know, we went and sang karaoke because that's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah just an all around kick-ass day but i think you know what really makes any of the good days is the is the crew that you're sharing it with and so it just happened to be 
one of those days with people that, you know, I still call them sometimes and go, Hey, time. <laughs> those are the good days. And, and as we move to the fall here to um, management seminar week and training week, cause that's all a week for us mm-hmm. and a week for you yep. and Peter. And then we head towards pro jam, which is usually a week for both of you. Will we see the whole family at those events? Yeah, definitely. Wow. So I think uh, with management seminar, I've, I've roped my poor, my poor parents that are on this like podcast and I've mentioned now twice. They're going to be taking it. Now you're holding, you're being held to it. It's, it's live and recorded. <laughs> They're coming to help us out with the kids. Yeah. Um, and uh, but for for Pro Jam, we're planning on having the crew around. So cool. we'll see. Yeah, Milo Milo's our eldest. He's two and a half, and he's an absolute riot. So. <laughs> can't miss him <laughs> it'll be fun we had fun at dinner last year we were at training when milo was with us that was yeah. fun yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly it, it just that comes back to just being welcomed i know peter and i just talked about that dinner where we were like how cool is it that we brought our kid to training and everyone's just thrilled to hang out with him and see him and it's just it's what yeah. we mean we need yeah. people need to know bring your kids hey. all good yeah Family affair, it is. It definitely mm-hmm. is. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for doing this with Angela and I and coming on. I think it's a great thing for our members and our listeners that maybe not members that maybe they'll become members um, to so. meet you if they haven't. And those that have to get a little bit more insight in, in the skill level and the skill and the talent that you have and why you were picked and just your thoughts on the job. It's, it's kind of cool. And um, I know Angela will probably, if I don't, we definitely, the invitation's open, come back and chat with us. If we've got some things coming down the road or, or we can just come back and chat about, you know, skiing and going left and right, coming down Cascade at Killington. That'd be cool yeah, too. Skiing and life, man. Thanks so much for having me. I really, I feel incredibly flattered. I know that there's a whole list of cool people that have been on this. So I feel very, very privileged. Thank you. No, oh, you're in that cool list for sure. <laughs> Angela, you got anything, brother? Can't wait to see you, Carrie. Looking forward to skiing soon. Yeah. I'm here, man. Coming. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks everybody out there for listening. This has been the fall line with chaos and company, and please make sure to go and subscribe on the platform. So, you know, when the podcasts come out right away and also give a like, if you like this, it definitely helps the channels, helps our podcasts and, and lets our friends of the podcast know that we're getting the word out there.